Hello, birders. Welcome to Bird Facts with Kristen and Maeve. I'm Kristen, bird watcher extraordinaire. And I'm Maeve, bird knowledge novice. And normally in this podcast, Kristen will tell me facts about a bird a week or an episode, and I'll listen and ask questions. But this week, we're doing something very different and interesting. I am going to be recapping um, the Disney Plus show Extraordinary Birder, episodes one through three. Kristen, I'm so are you excited? excited. I'm yes. really excited. It was all I could do to not watch the show myself. Um, <laughs> You're gonna have to after this. I think it'll. I think it'll hook you. Oh, I'm already hooked just by the title. <laughs> Maeve, can you give us a little, just a little blurb about what the show yes, is? Of course. Okay, so the host of the show is Christian Cooper. He is a birder. He's a science writer. He's also a comic book writer, which. <laughs> like so many different words in that sentence. Um, And basically he travels around the globe to explore the world and uh, the birds and the birds relationship to us and the world. And he's really cool. He's very enthusiastic. I would say he has a big personality. He's very nerdy. (laughs) He's, he's a fun host to have. And each episode takes place in a different location. So the first three episodes are uh, Puerto Rico New York City and Hawaii, the big island. And yeah, he just kind of travels around and usually visits about a dozen birds. He goes birding with people. He meets with experts in that location or other like natural scientists. And cool. I'm so excited. So, should I walk you through? Well, do you have any questions before we start? No, my only question is logistically, are we going to do one episode at a time? I think so. Yeah. And I okay. have some, so I'm going to read off some, I'll explain for the the listeners and for you, Kristen. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. I am going to give some of the highlights that, you know, as a bird knowledge novice, I found were the most important or outstanding in the episode. And so I'll name some of the birds, some of what like makes them unique, maybe some environmental factors in their location. And then I have some questions for you as well, Kristen, that maybe you can help answer. Oh, okay. I don't know if you can, or just like interesting facts that I'd like you to comment on if you have thoughts. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so we're going to go through each of the episodes and just kind of discuss what I saw and what our viewers at home, what our listeners at home can also see. Okay. Sounds good. Well, let's jump into episode one. Okay. Episode one. Picture this. Christian Cooper is in Puerto Rico which is home to 17 endemic species of birds. Endemic meaning they can only find them in that specific area, learning things for the viewers. I feel like that's something I should have known, that word. And I was like, oh, yeah, endemic. Uh But I wasn't really sure what that meant. Um, No, some biology terminology. We're all learning together. That's what the point of this podcast is. Thank you, Kristen. In particular, Christian, or Chris, as he goes by on the show, goes to the only rainforest in the U.S., like states and territories. Of course, he's in Puerto Rico. And this rainforest is called El Junque. And El Junque is home to 96 bird species. Seems like a lot. I know, right? And the first bird that he visits is the Iguaca, which is also called the Puerto Rican parrot. Now, this parrot is typical in its very noisy behavior. (laughs) It chatters a lot. It's a notorious flirt. Uh, It mates for life. Do you want to look up a picture? 
Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It is. It's very green with some blue tail feathers. Oh. A little red between its eyes. Reminds me of the Quetzal bird a little bit. It does look like the Quetzal bird. Yeah. So we're first introduced to this bird for its, and we like learn about its parrot ways, which are very similar <laughs> to like all types of parrots. <laughs> but sadly, this bird is endangered. Oh no. And that's going to be a theme throughout these three episodes. Chris will meet with specialists who are trying to increase numbers and figure out ways to sustain and grow populations of endangered and magnificent birds. So basically, they bind the birds so that they can keep track of them. They keep them in conservation centers. Unfortunately, these birds have a real issue with infertility, and mm. scientists aren't sure why exactly. They've even gone to the point of giving endoscopies like going inside the birds to try to, especially the male birds, to try to understand what's causing this infertility. Oh. So they'll often like examine the birds when they're, you know, of age to start mating. And the folks who look after them and take care of them are trying to increase numbers. Um, they will pair fertile birds with fertile birds to try to just increase chances of. Mm, that makes sense. They also do something uh, called an egg swap. So they will swap the infertile eggs of birds when the parents are off flying, eating, doing whatever. They'll swap those eggs with hatching eggs to try to trick the parents uh, into raising an egg that's not theirs. Oh, wow. They have to do it like really quickly. And so with these efforts, and I don't know the names of like the organization. There are specific mm. people, but I don't. I didn't write down their names. Um, so you can you can watch and learn, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the Puerto Rican parrot population went from just thirteen iguacas all the way to six hundred. Oh wow! Isn't that amazing? That's a big bounce back. Yeah, exactly. And those are all the notes I have on that bird. Do you have okay. any questions or thoughts? I also didn't know that there was a rainforest in Puerto Rico, and I think that goes to show how little we know about Puerto Rico, and I feel like it's my duty as an American now to research and learn more about Puerto Rico. No, I had the same thought. Yeah, exactly. Okay, on to the next bird. Yes. Black swifts. <laughs> Ooh. Have you heard of this bird? Have we done an episode on swifts? We have not done a swift. I just okay. learned of swifts myself. We have chimney okay. swifts here in Cambridge. Chimney and they look swifts. they look just like that. They look oh, the wow. same as this. Yeah, as the name indicates, their feathers are completely black. And the show says they are the most mysterious and elusive bird. They're one of the mm. hardest to find, not just because of their color, but because they rarely stop flying. Mm-hmm. They only ever stop flying to sleep or to sit on eggs. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. Mm -hmm. They also mate in the sky and they preen oh in the sky. Oh, like my God. They never stop, truly. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. They're so cute. Look at that. I know. They are really cute. And I learned a term watching this. So the host, Chris, was really excited when he saw a Black Swift. And he said, this is a lifer bird for me. And I didn't really understand what that Ooh. meant mm -hmm. um and then i just kind of pieced together does this mean it's a bird you only see once in a lifetime is that what that means to you Kristen? no you it that? means i just learned this recently too as i hadn't been keeping a list but i just uh -huh. started you can a lot of people birders keep lists of all the birds they've ever seen so if you see a lifer mm -hmm. it means it's the first time you've ever seen that bird in person and can add it to your list of life birds 
Oh my gosh. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have about four other birds that I can give just some quick facts about. Okay. So the next bird is the Puerto Rican toady. Oh my God. Yeah, it's super cute. It's really small. It looks small. like the Quetzal bird turned into a hummingbird. It does. Yeah. I thought it looked like a hummingbird too. And it has a really long uh, bill as well. Oh my God. Just funny so when its body is so tiny. Yeah. And they use the bill wow. to dig. Like that's how they get a lot of their food. They just kind of smack it into the ground and dig. Oh, so it's not a hummingbird. No. Oh, wow. Does this one live in the rainforest as well? It does. Yeah. Okay. And fun fact about the toadies, they eat 40% of their body weight each day in bugs. (gasps) Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, another fun fact. Okay. Their eggs are 20% of their body weight. What? I know. That's wild. I know. So if someone's like a hundred pounds, it's like having a hundred pound oh. baby or twenty pound baby. Oh my goodness! But that's not the only bird I have left. Okay, so oh. three more. Okay, so just some quick other birds. Okay, uh, in Puerto Rico, you can find a brown pelican. They're kind of funny looking. They are. <laughs> okay, tell me your pelican facts. I really only have one, which is kind of okay. a bummer. Um, their numbers are dwindling because their habitat is being destroyed by people who oh. are building on their habitat as oh. we keep getting more developed and people want their beach houses. And so um, basically they were like Chris met with a conservation expert who is particularly trying to save the brown pelican. And they did a little interview together. So rich people, please stop <laughs> building homes on wetlands. Thank you. Exactly. I agree. Okay, so two more birds. Okay. The white-tailed tropic bird. Oh, that sounds sexy. <laughs> white-tailed tropic bird? Yep. It looks it like looks a plane. It looks kind of like that diving bird that we did, the uh, oh, turn. Yes. Yeah, it does. But it's instead, it's black and white. It's sort of like white with black accents. Mm-hmm. And then those long, yeah, sexy is a good word for this bird. I mean, look at that. Mm-hmm. It's it like, a like a sexy airplane. It does. Like a thin, sexy stingray. <laughs> oh, it's a master I- hunter. Oh. Am I reading this right? It hunts as high as 65 feet in the air. That seems really high. Well, I don't know, because those um, the turns would, were pretty high in the air, too, and they would that's true and hawks do that as well i guess yeah falcons uh hard to miss super long tail very elegant and then our last bird for puerto rico gigantic pigeon uh which is 14 to 16 inches i guess tall long which is very big that's what it's called gigantic pigeon yeah it's literally it's called gigantic pigeon oh my god or maybe giant i wrote down gigantic but Maybe you could look up Puerto. <laughs> now nah, that that's too big. Uh. <laughs> All these people are photoshopping like giant pigeon destroying London. Look at this one. Uh, okay, it looks like those old horror movies, like the the fifth Attack of the Fifty Foot <laughs> Woman, but it's a pigeon. It kind of looks like Sharknado a little bit. Yeah, pigeon NATO. <laughs> but pigeon. Uh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I guess this does live in the forest the national forest okay it looks similar to the pigeons we have in the united states but it's a little Mm -hmm. like less flashy and it has a long neck i think it's i mean pigeons already kind of look a little scaly but i think these birds are even scalier from what they said on the show and the birds they showed in the show have uh 
very red heads, which you can't really Mm. tell right now. And these birds are instrumental to keeping the rainforest going because they pick seeds and they populate the forest. That's awesome. Maybe we should make a t-shirt that says saving the rainforest one pigeon at a time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And the last thing in this episode that struck me is that recently, well, you probably know this, but we've moved away from the term bird watcher or bird watching to birder or birding. And I just thought they were interchangeable, which they pretty much are. But I realized, well, they explained it. Then I realized birder is just much more inclusive because doesn't only put being with birds and recognizing birds as something that you can see. Mm, It's like also, mm -hmm. it's a deeper experience where you use multiple senses. And a lot of people can just identify birds with their ears as well. I do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it is more expansive and you're not just watching birds, you're experiencing them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even if whether you, if you can see them, you're not just looking at them. Yeah, exactly. So that is episode one, Puerto Rico. Episode two, New York City, home to 60 species of birds. New York City? This is exciting. I didn't know New York. Oh, I guess Central Park. Yes, exactly. Which was made, they said this Central Park was made 150 years ago Mm. to accommodate, they said something like city weary folks people could like actually oh, be in nature yeah i guess everyone That's was sad cute. doesn't is new york where chris lives i think so i think he's been he's at least been birding in new york city he said for about 35 years i don't know if he lives there though so new york city birds i never never thought about them before so i'm excited oh we'll get ready the first okay. bird they introduce the peregrine falcon one oh of my, my God, favorites no one of our no best way. episodes yes like our second most listened to episode, I think. Yes, because they're the best. And I think he said that oh. New York has one of the highest concentration of peregrine falcon uh, nests in the U.S. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. At least that's what it says in my notes. <laughs> oh, I go for it. I'll go for it. I'll take it. Ugh, one of the most perfect predators. Amazing bird. Amazing bird. So Chris goes up to the top of the George Washington Bridge, which, mm. yeah, scary. <laughs> and <laughs> so <sounds> high. <laughs> it, it is. It's like 600 feet, I think. Mm. And he goes up with someone whose job it is like he's employed by either the state or the city of New York to just check out nests and and bind birds to get data from them and figure out where they're going, what they're doing and their health and all that good stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, When you say bind birds, do you mean put those tags on their legs? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And he, he doesn't exactly explain one of my small qualms, I guess, is that he doesn't really explain like what the data will be used for and why. He just says like, and this will help the scientists or the whatever, the conservationists understand key data about the birds. I was like, well, I'd like to know a little bit more like what they're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any ideas, Kristen, about what they could be I, doing? I only know that they put tags on birds, they catch birds. And then if they f- catch a bird that has been tagged and they can mm-hmm. track how old it is, where it's been, where it's going. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if what they do for different bird populations because i can't remember if the peregrine falcon migrates or not mm, yeah i don't know if it doesn't migrate it might just be tracking like where they stay and how they reproduce it could be a whole number of things i'm not really sure all these questions we have mm-hmm. <laughs> we could do an episode on bird tagging and monitoring 
That would be really fun. Actually, I'd be into that. Yeah. Yeah. Please write in if you have any know-how about that. Thank yes. you. Also, I wanted to ask, this question came up when I was watching this episode. Do you know what the difference is between a beak and a bill? I My understanding is that it's interchangeable. Oh, okay. But I could be wrong. Let's see what Google says. In summary, this is, <laughs> well, I don't know what this website is, so I don't trust it. This is all about birds which is the Cornell website. Ornithologists tend to use the word bill more often than beak. Some people use beak when referring to songbirds and pointed bills, and bill when discussing birds like ducks with more fleshy beaks. However, both words are used in reference to a wide variety of species. Mm. One important caveat. If you tell that old joke about the duck going into the drugstore to buy some chapstick, and the cashier asks how he's going to pay for it, and the duck says, put it on my bill, well, that <laughs> that joke doesn't work if you say beak. <laughs> That's um, amazing. I appreciate them adding that. <laughs> I feel like I just learned a lot. <laughs> we should start making merch. Beak or Bill? I love that. Beak or Bill. Yes. <laughs> so peregrine falcons are called the velociraptors of the air. Oh, <gasps> Wonderful. Their wingspan is three to three and a half feet long. Mm-hmm which I think we did say on the episode, but it's just so astounding. And they practice still hunting so they can see their prey from about one to two miles away. And they oh, just kind of wow. stare at it, capture <laughs> in their gaze, and then just they go get it. I wish you all could have seen Maeve capturing Kale just then. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and then do you know who Jeff Corwin is? That sounds familiar. Do I know that? He was he was kind of like in a in Steve Irwin's era, a little bit after Steve Irwin. But he had a show on like Discovery, Animal Planet. He's a nature personality, if you will. Oh, no, I don't. I don't know. Him. American biologist. Okay, well, fun fact, when I was a child, I saw him give a live talk in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, <laughs> so random. It's very random, but I saw him on the screen, I was like, is that, could it be? And they said Jeff Corwin. So if there are any Jeff Corwin fans out there, hello, here's your chance to see him. Hello. For about <laughs> five minutes on screen. That's exciting. Okay. Some other birds from the New York episode, the warbler. <gasps> Which one? I uh, don't remember. I only wrote okay. down warbler, but the ones in Central Park. <laughs> okay. There's lots of different warblers. See, here's mm, you're so cute. graphic of a bunch of warblers. Oh my gosh. That's like 30 different warblers. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, so cute. Oh my God. So what what did we learn about the warbler? They were looking for, so Jeff and Chris, my friends, they were looking for the American Red Start and had a hard time finding it. I had never heard of that bird before. Do you want to describe what the bird looks like? Small or medium-sized songbird. It's sort of black and orange, sort of black with orange accents and like sort of a light underbelly. Mm-hmm. It's very much a Halloween bird. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Cute. Um, they also mentioned seeing the cat bird, which was in one of our first episodes. I that think was episode- our first episode. Yeah. I was going to say episode two, but yeah, even even better episode one. Um, they also mentioned the common yellow throat. Ooh, that's one that I often hear but have never seen yet. Uh, I feel like I've seen many pictures of this, actually, of this type of bird. It looks similar to a black-capped chickadee, but with yellow. Yes, yes. It's got that same similar body shape with like the Mm -hmm. no neck look. (laughs) (laughs) The no neck look. (laughs) (laughs) The turtleneck of birds. 
The turtleneck birds. I love it. The little black band across the eyes and that yellow throat. (laughs) Incredible. Hence the name. (laughs) And then there was a line that I really liked from the show. Half of the fun of birding is not knowing what you're going to get. Oh. It was nice. Who knows what you'll find? Um, We also learned a little bit about invasive species. So if you don't know. birds. Oh, no. uh, Like plants. Oh, but that yes. would be that would be an interesting episode. So the problem with invasive species plants is that they have no nutritional or food value for the bugs oh. and the animals they eat them okay. because like the animal like birds haven't learned they haven't like evolved to eat that food. Right. So it's like eating cardboard. It's, just, it's not going to do or anything. bread. People don't <laughs> feed bread to birds for the same reason. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Don't feed them at all. Let them leave them alone. (laughs) Uh, Of course, they had to talk about pigeons, speaking of feeding birds. And there were some pigeons housed at this place called the Wild Bird Fund, which is a rehab center for injured birds. And I learned that pigeons are something called stringers. So these are birds that get debris stuck in their claws and get all tied up. And then they have trouble like walking and flying because they have stuff in their claws. I also learned that pigeons can recognize and remember faces. Oh my gosh. So they're not as you know dopey as we thought. Um, and we have a few birds left. So I'll just give some of those highlights before we move on to Hawaii. Yeah. The American kestrel falcon, which these birds can nest basically anywhere. That's pretty amazing. Wow. It's very beautiful. Very fall colors. Yeah. And with this bird, they were talking about some common bird issues, which are window collisions. Mm. As we've talked about in your um, horror movies Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. And there was this law recently passed in New York City that if you're building, making a new building, you have to get a special type of glass that is bird safe. Oh, that's great. So basically this glass, yeah, it has like these little dots on it to let birds know that it's not air (laughs) Mm. because bird collisions are very very common and lead to a lot of death and injury as we know Mm -hmm. i also learned something about bird anatomy of birds uh they don't have the muscles that we do where we can like move our eyes wherever we want to a certain like in our peripheral vision Mm -hmm. um birds have to move their head oh Oh, which was interesting. Yeah. So when they want to look at something, they have to use their whole head to look. Oh, that explains why they're always jerking around. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we also learned about the herring gull. Oh, we have those around here. Oh, okay. I don't have any notes for it. So that's okay. It's your standard looking seagull. And then the best bird of all time, the <laughs> piping plover. Oh, no way. Our cutest little friend. Our friends. We did an episode on you. Yes. Oh, and, such darlings. And there's this one bird at a beach in Queens that has come back like every year. And its name is Mr. Clark Kent. Aww. And they can tell because they've they've tagged it. And so they know it's him. And he just always comes back to the beach. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'll keep an eye out for Clark if I ever get to that beach. <laughs> and Hope should listen to our piping plover episode because Please. basically yes. all that information is like shared in this episode. And yeah, 
And then just some cool efforts that people have been making in the city. So the Jacob Javits Convention Center has a green roof where especially the herring gulls like to be and mate and exist. And so that's pretty cool. People are fencing, piping plover nests as well to protect them on this beach. Any thoughts about the New York episode before we get to our... I just feel you know if we're talking about new york city i just like dismiss new york city as as just too urban but there is Mm -hmm. no place too urban for birds yeah exactly exactly last episode hawaii the big island there are lots of birds endemic to hawaii so as we said before you can only find them in hawaii and they first start so they start off with a corvid a hawaiian crow also called the alala and these birds have really great memory they have 24 different calls they're resourceful unfortunately they are endangered and they've been so severely endangered that there are none in the wild they're all in conservation programs so another bird they talked about was the omao and this bird is one of the very few malaria resistant birds in hawaii do you want to describe what the bird looks like yeah it looks like a medium-sized songbird Mm-hmm. Um, it's shaped kind of like a Phoebe, I think. It's mm-hmm. gray on top and white on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Or like a really chubby catbird. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, yeah, it looks like a catbird. Yeah. And this bird is really unique, not only because it's malaria resistant, but it's also a frugivore. Do you know what that is? No, that's a new word. Frugivores only eat fruit. Oh, That's cool. And they are the only natural frugivores on the island. So they help repopulate fruit. Oh, I'm in love with this bird. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. I'm obsessed. And here's another bird. This one is a little harder to pronounce and spell. So, (gasps) oh my goodness. I think it's pronounced Achiopalau. Okay. Very striking. It has kind of like a curved bill. I've never seen such a curved bill in my life yeah and these birds the only fact that stuck with me is that they follow around their parents when they're young and cry to be fed oh they just kind of hop around behind but it's a really striking bird yeah i feel like they have to do something with that bill yeah i wonder if it's like to get pollen out of or some certain seed out of a certain fruit or something Mm -hmm. like that right okay our next bird is the akis and that's A-K-I-S. Oh, wow. Yep. Also a bright bird. It's a unique bright yellow bird. And it has uh, a Swiss army bill. So its bill can be used to do lots of different things. And there are only <laughs> 2,000 left in Hawaii. Swiss army bill would be a great t-shirt. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> wow that's really cool there's so many birds we'll, we could do this podcast for the rest of our lives and still honestly leave. when i was talking about the omao omao mm-hmm. um i said that they're malaria resistant and this is important because in hawaii there is an avian malaria problem oh. so mosquitoes aren't native to hawaii and most birds have never evolved to fight this disease And it really only takes one bite from a sick mosquito to kill a bird. Mm. So that's why, like, yeah, probably part of why the population is down for a number of these birds that I'm mentioning. Is the malaria. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so some other quick birds. There's the fluffy white tern. Oh my god. <laughs> that just sounds great. Well, that's a dog. Oh, T-E-R-N, I think. Oh, ugh, it's because of that song, Turn, Turn, Turn. <laughs> turn, Turn. <laughs> So cute. <laughs> so cute. It doesn't look real. Like, that's how adorable it is. Yeah. Oh, it looks like something you'd see in a Pixar short. Yeah, truly. And I have three more birds for you for okay. Hawaii. We have the Hawaiian hawk, also called Eo, Io. Okay. And the Eo is a symbol of Hawaii's great kings and queens. It's on the top of the Avarian food chain in Hawaii. And culturally, it represents loved ones who have come back in the form of birds after they die. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Raptors always have the coolest mm-hmm. like, symbols. That was something I read about a lot, heard about a lot when I was yeah. doing my research on birds and death. Mm-hmm. Was a lot of people see birds as, I don't know if there's time to talk about it now, but like in different circumstances, different species of birds can represent a mm-hmm. specific individual or mm-hmm. overall be returned souls of the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. It is. And that's so many different cultures throughout time mm-hmm. have recognized that, like, or uh, parts of the world that do have hawks. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like a common cultural oh, understanding. Amazing. Okay. Next bird is the Nene, N E N E. And this is the Hawaiian goose. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's also the state bird. Make a goose a state bird. Oh my gosh, it's cute. It is very cute. Its neck is really beautiful. I didn't realize that before, but it's, yeah. it looks like it has stripes in the neck. Yeah, it looks like it's definitely related to the Canada goose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last bird is the Imi. I M I. That's a company bird to the end of it. Is it this blue and yellow one? I think it must be the blue and yellow one. Okay. And Amy's are guardian spirits of the land in the Hawaiian creation story. Oh, wow. So those are all the bird facts I have. I really enjoyed watching this. Um, It's a good show to both like sit down and watch. And also if you're cleaning or packing you can have it on in the background but there's a lot of information and it's delightful like it's it's a sweet nature docu show if you're interested you should check it out yeah Yeah. thanks may for for bringing this to us of course i loved learning about these bird facts and seeing these birds and i've got some notes for future episodes yes that got to get back to the planning phases for those Mm mm-hmm And I think next episode, I'm going to be recapping episodes four through six of Extraordinary Burger. Perfect. I love that. More facts to come. Anything else you want to add, Kristen? Any thoughts you have? I don't don't think so. I'm excited to learn about the rest of the show and read some more about Chris. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Kristen, for listening. Thank you, Extraordinary Birder, for providing all this information. Thank you, Savannah, for the artwork, Brandon Domer for all the music, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. If you want to follow our social media, check us out on Instagram at birdfactspod. (laughs) You can email us at birdfactspod at gmail.com. If you want to ask us a question, if you have an interest or special interest in birds and want to connect, be on the pod or suggest a bird, just let us know.
or just send us your bird birding stories. You know, if you've seen a cool bird in New York City, send us information. Yes, we love hearing those. Please Mm -hmm. do that. Great. Well, this was fun. I'm so excited for the next episode, Maeve. Me too. Uh, Bye, everybody. I'm Kristen. And I'm Maeve. Happy birding. Happy birding. They had a hard time. I think they had a hard time finding it for some reason. Mm. Oh wait, no, take that out. Oh, I cut it out. It's done. It's it's done. It's dead. I don't dead know. Me. That's all I wrote. <laughs> all I wrote next to it was Central Park. <laughs> 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 <laughs>